Hey, what's up, world? It's your boy, Benny Pitts, a.k.a. Lil Daddy, a.k.a. Lil Nasty, a.k.a. the father to your unborn child. <laughs> Reporting live with a live studio audience. Okay, I'm lying. <laughs> everybody is fucking locked up in the house because it's damn coronavirus. But I hope, seriously, I hope everybody's being safe, washing their hands. You know, at first we thought this was a joke. We, this is a lot serious than what we really thought it was. But uh, we'll make it through, man, just like we made it through anything else. Uh, this reminds me back in the day when my grandma used to say, ah, oh, go back outside. You smell like outside. Well, she didn't want you to come in the house because you smelled like outside. So that's actually society trying to tell you, wash your hands and you smell like outside. <laughs> well, this is episode two of being Benny. I'm kind of letting you in, in my world, man. Um, man, I have so many stories about life, uh, entertainment, uh, a lot of things I've been through. Um, shout out to my boy, uh, Danny that did the first episode with me, kind of gave you a glimpse of my childhood and what I've been through a little bit and probably why I'm so fucking crazy a little bit. Um, I'm going to name this episode right here called class clown. And the reason being is that's pretty much all I've been my whole life. Um, everybody got like that one cousin, the little brother, the little just annoying as like all he does is fucking crack jokes. That was me <laughs> from um, the classrooms to uh, the co-worker from the little brother, annoying little brother, annoying little cousin. Uh, I've always been that guy. And it's just crazy. Um, takes me back when me and Danny was just talking about um, uh, just life and how we grew up. And uh, what got me through like our struggles growing up with me. Grew up 14 brothers and sisters, you know what I'm saying? A lot of different personalities. I always felt like my brothers and sisters was just way more talented than me. Um, If you really met the other 13 siblings, you'd be like, Benny, you don't have no talent whatsoever. And it's true. Um, When it comes to good looks and talent, I'm the lowest at the totem pole, even though, you know, I'm low key sexy, like low key. But um, yeah, uh, laughing was like my way to, it was my therapy. It was my way to get out of situations. I got out of a lot of situations because I was funny. I've, I've talked myself into situations because I was funny. Um, we used to we used to fight for my mother's attention, and I'll never forget that. And to this day, they claim I'm one of my mom's favorite, but I highly disagree. But I'd never forget. My mom never used to laugh a lot. My mom had a, um, a language barrier for a long time. Uh, well, she couldn't really speak English because she was from Haiti and it wasn't English wasn't her first language. And I used to, I never forget. <clears throat> I used to get in trouble with my mom so much. But the one power I got, had with her is I used to make her laugh. I never forget that. I used to make my mom laugh. And that was like my get out of where get out of jail free card. Every time I used to make her laugh. And even to this day, she said, ah, I miss the way you made me make make me laugh. And I think laughing is power. The, the best medicine for me um, throughout my years of living has been definitely laughter. Laughter is medicine. That's not, and that sounds cliche, but it's the truth. You know, uh, sometimes when I'm mad, I laugh. When I'm happy, I laugh. When I'm angry, uh, just no matter what I'm, when I'm sad, I laugh. It just, it's my scapegoat. So when I named this episode Class Clown, it all starts back from when I was a kid and I, I didn't do my homework and went to uh, this, I don't know, homeschool, private school. I joked and I made the whole class laugh. Me and my boy, Kid Mike, shout out to Kid Mike, Miami, Florida. We used to bust little freestyles for the kids and we used to clap. And it just, 
I've been a class clown my whole life, and that's I, I kind of that kind of got me to doing like stand up comedy later, later, later on in the years. I was always a music fanatic, even to this day. For everybody that really knows me, I was a music fanatic. So my biggest dream as a kid was to be a a, a radio personality and a t- talk show host. So <clears throat> I remember back in the day we couldn't listen to secular music. I don't even know if they call it secular music anymore. But um, we couldn't listen to the radio. It was like, oh, don't love the world. Don't be of this world. You know, same Christian type shit that they say. But um, so I, what I used to do at the late, late at night when everybody used to go to sleep, because we had a 10 o'clock bedtime, which is crazy. All of my brothers and sisters know that the whole house had to be asleep by 10 o'clock. So I knew from like 10 to 12, nobody used the bathroom. So everybody had to, their showers had to be taken. Before 10, everybody had to be, we, we ate dinner. My dad used to lay it down. Everybody was asleep and nobody, I timed it. Nobody used the bathroom from 10 to 12. And I'll never forget um, back then, I think DJ Khaled was on the radio at 99 Jams. It was DJ Khaled, Big Lip, Bandit, Super Cindy. If you're from Miami, you really know what I'm talking about. And they used to do a mix uh, from 10 to 12, like a, a DJ mix, and I used to lock myself in from Monday through Friday, cause on, cause on Saturday and Sunday they used to do live remotes. So Monday through Friday from ten to twelve was like a, a like a DJ mix with all the newest shit, and I used to lock myself in the bathroom from ten to twelve. And my mom kind of caught on to me because our house was so small that uh, we lived in a three bedroom, one bath. It was fourteen dollars we living. So she was like, from ten to twelve, it's always somebody eh, opening the door. Going into the bathroom and listening to the radio. So my one night, my mom picked the lock, walked in on me, and I had the headphones on, and I'm listening to like I don't know what was that, Jigga, Jay Z. You know, this is man, maybe ninety six, ninety seven, and when the walk went, I was like six, seven years old, and I got caught, busted, and it's crazy. So um, been a class clown my whole life. Uh, at the age of nineteen, I think I moved to Atlanta. I think between eighteen and nineteen, I moved to Atlanta. Uh, to pursue radio, I just I didn't know, I didn't know how did you get on radio. I was just like, oh, I'm gonna move to Atlanta. This was like the snap music era. This franchise boys and I don't know this whole everybody. It was just Atlanta was the place to be between like '07, '09. That was like when Atlanta has really became Atlanta, and I I experienced that man. I really experienced Atlanta, and I moved to Atlanta, Georgia when I was about 18, 19. And it changed my life forever. One of the best experiences I've ever had. And to my pursuit, uh, no, nah, I wasn't pursuing stand-up comedy at this time. I was pursuing doing radio. And I left home. I just packed up all my shit. I had a day job. I was assistant manager at Foot Locker. And at night, I would serve tables at Red Lobster. And I just, one day, I got, I stacked up all my money. I packed up all my shit. And I just took off. And going with the wind, man, I moved to Atlanta and I thought I was going to be this big ass radio personality. <laughs> and little did I know it was a journey. I uh, moved to Atlanta. Uh, shout out to my Uncle Fred, my Uncle, uh, Uncle Fred, Aunt Linda. Uh, I had a bunch of cousins and stuff up there. And I just I became a real Atlanta person. <laughs> it was up. Atlanta was some of the best years of my life. I spent 10 years in Atlanta. Atlanta, I consider more Atlanta home than I do Miami. Uh, Atlanta is, I think Atlanta made me to who I am today. I started comedy in Atlanta. 
Atlanta's home. Atlanta is home, and I, forever I love Atlanta. Atlanta taught me everything, how to talk to women, uh, how to dance, how to... Just every, everything. I bought some of my closest friends and long-life friends I, I've met in Atlanta, and to this day, Atlanta will be held as home to me, more so than Miami. I just felt like I was born in Miami and just kind of like floating around when I became Atlanta. When I went to Atlanta, I became like Benny Pitt, so... Atlanta was cool, man. Um, uh, moved to Atlanta. Was living with my auntie. Auntie was mean as fuck. I love her to death. She wasn't nothing to play with. Um, I was working at Red Lobster. <laughs> Anybody that knew me in the Red Lobster days, I was just a clown. They made me. I had so much personality. They made me like head over the takeout division, whatever the fuck that was. Um, and anybody in Atlanta know it was in the worst neighborhood possibly known to man, Candler Road. <laughs> Fucking Candler Road. Candler Road, if you don't know what it is, Candler Road is a checkers down the street, and that's where Gucci Man used to trap. <laughs> at the checkers. At the checkers. So worked at Candler Road um, for a couple of years, man, probably from 19 to like, I want to say 22 22 met so many people. Um, I was just a clown. Anybody that knew me through in that era knew um, how much uh, ATL in Atlanta meant to me. Uh, Ludacris, I always looked up, which is one of my favorite rappers. He used to do radio in Atlanta. His name was Lover Lover. So I used to listen to him late at night and I wanted to see how I can get in the radio and didn't know. I had a cousin that was a DJ. I don't know if the people remember that club back in the day called Club Primo. So he used to get us in Club Primo. Uh, I used to try to make connects. Um, what's crazy is back then, back then, I don't know if they do this now. So I, was, I didn't go to a real school. So I never got like a high school diploma, no GED, no nothing. So when I was trying to intern for all these radio stations, uh, for Ryan Cameron and Wanda Smith, V103 and Hot 107.9, they didn't let me intern because... They said I didn't have a high school diploma or GD or I wasn't in college. I didn't go to college because I was too embarrassed to go get a, a GED. So with that being said, I didn't know how to get into radio. So I'm doing all these things and I'm, I'm getting wrapped around um, all these things, trying to figure out how do I get in radio? How do I get in? I'm like, yo, I'll intern for free. I'll do this. I'll, I'll get y'all coffee in the morning. And they're just like, no. Uh, we're only accepting college students. So I never forget. Um, I think I was about 22 at this time. Um, I did this stage play with this guy named Mr. G. Shout out to Mr. G. Love you to death, man. Um, we did the stage play, which called, I, I forget the name of it, where it was a stage play. It was like a Christian stage play. And he was like, come do it with me. I met him at Red Lobster. I took his takeout order for him. And he was like, oh, my God, you have such a radio voice. And I was like, yeah, I always wanted to get in radio. So he's like, yo, I do Christian radio or whatever. Maybe I can get you in. And I'm like, oh, word, that's dope. Okay, cool. So I got him in Christian. Uh, no, he didn't get me in Christian radio. I'm sorry. So uh, he's like, yo, I got a stage play I wrote. I got a perfect part for you, this and that. I played like the junior deacon that wanted all the women. <laughs> Very funny role. We went to South Carolina and boom. Um, it was an amazing play. We only did one show. And, but from that, from that moment, it started my standoff, stand-up career because I was always the guy, even on the tour bus or whatever, I was cracking jokes and we got that was the they gave me the funny role in the um in the uh in the play. 
And then I'll never forget this guy named Psalm Adu. Psalm is from Africa. And Psalm and Caleb Davis, I'll never forget them. This is almost 10 years ago, man. They was like, dude, dog, you are so funny. And I was like, thank you. I appreciate it. It was like, yo, have you ever have you ever tried stand-up comedy? I was like, is that, how do you even get into stand-up? I knew nothing about getting into stand-up. I thought stand-up, so I always grew up watching stand-up comedy. And I was fascinated with it, but I didn't know it was a journey. I didn't know it was a craft. I didn't know that, you know, you... It takes time to be a stand-up comedian. I saw Martin Lawrence. I just thought Martin Lawrence grabbed a mic and he was just explosively funny. And I was like, no, um, I, I don't know. I never did stand-up. But he was like, yo, it's this place called Cat's Cafe. Um, if you're familiar with Carlos Miller, this is when Carlos Miller was becoming like the guy in the city. He was becoming that guy. This would be prior, maybe maybe a year or two before Wildin' Out. And Carlos Miller, he's like, yo, you know Carlos Miller? Oh, yeah, I've seen him on a bunch of um, stand-up shows. And he's like, yo, Carlos Miller hosts every Tuesday at Cat's Cafe. You need to go up there. And I was like, okay, this is like uh, 20, I want to say this is this is after 2012, so this is like 2013. Um, and he, uh, he told me to go to Cat's Cafe, and I went to Cat's Cafe. I'll never forget, it was... The summer of 2013, I went there. I'm seeing all these like celebrities that you'll see on TV at this little open mic. And I'm like, God damn, there's Rodney Perry and Carlos Miller and Clayton English and all these guys you see on TV. Everybody's just there in the corner, huddled up, working on material. And that was the start of my stand up comedy career. I didn't I didn't hit the stage and maybe six to eight months later. But that moment right there, I was like, yo, I'm going to be a stand-up comedian. And from that moment right there, it took me to doing radio. Um, <clears throat> I did stand-up for the first time. My best friend, John, uh, went out with me. I forgot. It was this place called The Basement. I think it was uh, sometime early 2014. Um, I did it. The Basement, I was nervous. I didn't have no material. I just went up there, drank a couple of beers. I was drunk and just went up there and did a Chris Rock impression. And it was a competition, I think, and I lost. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. And I sucked for so long, for so many years. But stand-up actually led me into doing radio. Shout out to my boy, uh, John Marshall and Courtney Janelle, where I was doing stand-up where I developed a hosting skill. Because just because I had like a explosive personality. I developed a hosting skill and I started hosting everything in Atlanta from baby showers to I actually people think I'm lying. I actually hosted an abortion party. <laughs> I swear to God. Abortion I hosted rap venues and I became like the the local MC, comedic MC for the guys. I was jumping all their rap videos and everything. And that landed me to doing a radio show at Hot 1079 with Courtney Janelle and John Marshall called The Night Show. And those memories are lifelong and most some of the most amazing memories ever that I ever have. And I would just want to say to John Marshall and Courtney Janelle, hashtag The Night Show. And I love y'all. This is Benny Pitts being Benny. Just a little short little summary. And this was called The Class Clown. Being a class clown landed me to doing radio in Atlanta, Georgia. Love y'all. I'm out.